medical interventions planned for women were based on studies on men. We're losing the neuroprotective hormone progesterone, key ovarian hormone. It takes more than hormones to fix our hormones. Always get to the underlying reasons that are causing these signs. The weight on the scale, irritability, burnout. That's cortisol and oxytocin that are both low. When we eat, how we eat, with who we eat, that brings love into the picture, joy. All the things that increase oxytocin increases our longevity, it boosts our immune system. Welcome to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast, where we meet the world's top experts to explore the secrets of health, mindset, longevity, and so much more. Are you ready to take charge of your existence and biohack your life? This show is for you. Please keep in mind, we're not dispensing medical advice and are not responsible for any outcomes you may experience from implementing the tactics lying herein. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. Super excited about today's episode. I think it will resonate with a lot of people, especially if you've experienced one of these two things, hormonal imbalances, hormonal issues. And then the second thing is if you've tried keto and you feel like something is just not working, but you're still intrigued by the idea of keto, I think there's something actually really huge here with how the ketogenic diet can often be very acidic. And we talk about the science of acidity and alkalinity in this episode. Yes, it's a real thing. The potential renal acid load through the kidneys, it's actually a thing, and we discuss it in detail, so I think you will learn quite a lot. The show notes for today's episode will be at melanieavalon.com slash keto green. You definitely want to check out those show notes because they have links to everything that we discuss, and they have a full transcript. Super helpful. So for all of you readers out there, definitely check that out. If after listening to this episode, you'd like to get some of the things tested that Dr. Quebecca recommends, so your female hormones, your vitamin D levels, your cortisol, as well as other nutritional panels, I've got a source for you and I've got an amazing discount for it. You can get at-home lab testing through a company called Let's Get Checked. They ship the test straight to your door. It's a finger prick. You send it back. You get your results. So easy. And they have an array of options. And you can get 30% off any of their tests including in the future, a COVID test, just go to trylgc.com slash Melanie Avalon and, or you can use the code Melanie Avalon 30 for 30% off of any of their tests. That is a true statement. So go test that cortisol, go test those hormones, get them 30% off Melanie Avalon 30. Something I just realized I always talk about how I am a Himalaya partnered show. And if you follow me in the Himalaya app, you'll get early access to the podcast 24 hours in advance. That said, also, if you're in iTunes, definitely subscribe because I just realized apparently that's important. (laughs) Um, It really helps with growing the podcast, getting it out there. So if you are in iTunes, it would mean the world if you could subscribe. If you'd like to talk more about all of these things, hormones, stress mitigation, healthy diet, keto, definitely join me in my Facebook group. That is Paleo OMAD Biohackers, Real Foods Plus Intermittent Fasting Plus Life. There's a ton of great content there. It's a great community. I just posted an awesome IF quiz to help you find your perfect intermittent fasting protocol. So definitely join me there. One of the things Dr. Annika Becca talks about in this episode, in her book, and I've talked about at length with her, is the source of one of the most major disruptors of our hormones. It's actually endocrine disruptors found in our skincare and makeup. Because as it turns out, 
Conventional skincare and makeup in the U.S. can have thousands, yes, thousands of compounds shown to be endocrine disruptors, meaning they literally affect things like your progesterone, your thyroid, your hormones. And these compounds have been banned in Europe, yet they're totally greenlit in the U.S., And something Dr. Anna Kabeca pointed out recently was especially with our skincare and makeup, we're putting that on right near our thyroid. These compounds soak into our skin, they get into our bloodstream. So it's no shock that we have so many hormonal issues today. Thankfully, there's an incredible solution. It's a company called Beauty Counter. Their mission is to make all of these safe skincare and makeup products you need while testing every single ingredient to make sure it is safe for your skin, that it won't disrupt your hormones, that you can feel good about putting it on. I am so grateful for them. If you'd like to switch to safer skincare, just go to beautycounter.com slash Melanie Avalon. And if you use that link, something really special and magical might happen after your first order. Also, if you'd like exclusive discounts, special giveaways from me, and so much more, definitely get on my clean beauty email list. That's at melanieavalon.com slash clean beauty. Another exciting announcement, we're giving away one of my all-time favorite products ever for free, completely free. I'll tell you how in the episode. Stay tuned for that. All right, without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Dr. Annika Becca. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the show. You know it's a special show when I am bringing back somebody. (laughs) You know that we are a fan then. I am thrilled to be here today with Dr. Anna Kabeca. I had Dr. Anna previously on the show for her book, The Hormone Fix, and that was an amazing conversation. She has recently released a new book called Keto Green 16, The Fat-Burning Power of Ketogenic Eating, plus the nourishing strength of alkaline foods equals rapid weight loss and hormone balance. And Dr. Kabeca, she is a wonder of a woman. (laughs) To tell listeners a little bit about her who might not have listened to that other episode or might not be familiar, she's an Emory University-trained gynecologist and women's health expert. So ladies, I think you will learn a lot on today's episode. And she has a fascinating personal story, so I'll, I'll save and let her tell you a little bit about that. But as far as her credentials, I mean, she's internationally acclaimed. She's done work in gynecology, obstetrics, integrative medicine, anti-aging, and regenerative medicine. I've actually never been to Mindshare. I've been wanting to go there, but she was named 2018 Innovator of the Year by Mindshare Collaborative, which is awesome. And a lot of our audience will obviously know what that is. She also has the prestigious Alan P. Mintz Award for Clinical Excellence and so much more. So Dr. Anna, thank you so much for being here. Mm, It is great to be here with you. I always love our conversations. Me too. And for listeners, Dr. Anna Kabeca's new book, this is actually one of the questions I was going to ask you because your new book, Keto Green 16, it had a lot of the same, not the same information, but it seemed that it, you know, was a continuation or perhaps a more practical implementation of the hormone fix. I was going to ask you what inspired you to write Keto Green 16 after the hormone fix and like, what was the trajectory like there? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So with the hormone fix, it's really my magnus opus. It is really what I want every woman to know and have, and and the men who love them. I have men reading this book and recommending it. And so with the hormone fix, it's it's honestly my manifesto in so many ways. It's the key areas that affect the quality of our life. And then, of course, the lifestyle and dietary changes we need to make, especially during our transition time period, say age 35 to 55, to really empower 
and improve the rest of our lives. And so with the hormone fix, there's chapter, you know, on stress and toxins, on supplements. I mean, just name it. I've really tried to cover the different avenues, the different spokes on the wheel that affect our wholeness. And I always say that affect our sexy, right? Because there's even a vaginal health chapter. So with Keto Green 16, it was hard for me not to write about vaginal health, <laughs> but I actually did still yet. I wanted Keto Green 16. Yeah, I saw you sneak it in there. <laughs> I, I had to sneak it in there in some points, right? That just, it just makes a difference. So with Ketogreen 16, it really is targeted for weight loss and fat loss, but plus to clear our physiology. So we have that brain clarity. We have that energy. We have that get up and go naturally, like to fuel, think of it as a, a very directed, short and sweet 16-day program to fuel our passions and our passionate life. And, you know, and it, and it does this. And I also wanted to make it as simple as possible. I wanted to focus on key hormones that we need to know and the strategies that get them back in balance, you know, even beyond our major hormones, which I talk about a lot in in the hormone fix, insulin, cortisol, and oxytocin, but really zeroing on the weight control hormones and targeting this nutritional plan with, of course, lifestyle hacks that really improve our hormonal balance and our weight loss and our brain clarity and our energy. So I made it, you know, I was going to say short and sweet, but it's actually very substantial (laughs) with lots of recipes. In fact, the publisher let us put in picture, colored pictures this time, which is a big deal for publishers. But it really focused on brain and belly in the strategy and the plan that I created in this book, just up-leveling it, get the baseline in the hormone fix, you know, really up-level it with Keto Green 16. I mean, you did a fantastic job with that, and I'm so grateful for it because like we discussed in our earlier episode, and like you were just mentioning now, the Hormone Fix is, it's a really deep dive into everything, but then it's nice to also have this, you know, much more approachable plan that a person can easily implement into their lives, especially those looking to lose a a pound or two or struggling with their own weight issues. So to start things off, and I'm, I'm really excited because there's some big topics that I'm really excited to tackle, but before we get into all of that, I was wondering for listeners who are not familiar, if you could tell them a little bit about your own personal health experience and your journey and what led you to your work today. I mean, it's so motivating and personal and encouraging. So I'd love listeners to hear that. Thank you. Yeah. So I've had quite the journey. I always talk about my love for medicine started at a very, very young age and and was reinforced when I was 16. And I'll never forget it. I was coming home from school and I was coming home to an empty house for the first time in my life because my mom had always been there. But she was 52 and she was undergoing, you know, cardiac bypass surgery. So at that young age that she was and I was, you know, just recognizing that a lot of the research, a lot of the medical interventions that we planned for women were based on studies on men. So that drove me into women's health. And I'm still so passionate about research in women, which is, although much, much better, is still is still very scarce in comparison to what we have for men. And women and men are different. I always try to visually outline that in my lecture. So if you can imagine, <laughs> you can focus that, you know, no kidding, we're different. And so 
I just as a, a long time passion, and I grew up with food as medicine, so I always had that interest in using exactly that, food as medicine. But when I was 39, after a personal tragedy, and I know we've talked about this, Melanie, and to share with your listeners that my son passed away in a tragic accident. He was only 18 months old. And you can imagine the grief and the sorrow and the heartache and heartbreak that that was in in my life and in my family's lives. And that took me on a journey literally around the world looking for answers spiritually as well, because after my son's accident, his passing, I was diagnosed with irreversible infertility and early menopause, and I was told I would never be able to have another child. Now, in perspective, here I am, a OBGYN, trained at one of the best institutions in our nation, and my doctor's bag was empty. I was depressed. I was traumatized. I was grieving. And I had these medical diagnoses that we don't talk about reversing. We don't say, well, you're infertile, let's reverse it. Or you're in menopause, let's reverse it. But honestly, that's what I went on to do. I went on to reverse my infertility and reverse that early menopause to conceive a healthy baby at age 41. And so that journey around the world, plus not discriminating on any healing modalities, right? Just discerning or seeing what resonates, what works for me, what doesn't, what feels like truth for me and what doesn't, and exploring this in a way from a physical aspect to a spiritual aspect and a mental aspect. So I wove that into my life and coming into that state of, you know, reversing menopause and reversing infertility, something I I'd honestly never thought I could do that for myself, let alone my patients. I brought the methods and the herbs, like that's where I created one of my products, Mighty Maca Plus, because I use those ingredients, those superfoods that I put in it as part of my healing journey. And I started using that with my patients. I started using more functional medicine and detoxification and working through body, mind, and spirit to heal our soul. There's a beautiful quote that I love by... Aristotle, and he said that when the body is ill and suffering, the soul suffers. And when the soul suffers, the body is suffering. So it's so true. It's so true. And we can't just think we can, a lot of times we can't just think ourselves better. We have to address the physiology. And sometimes it's not just healing the body. We have to heal the soul and the spirit. Or we're never embodying true optimal health. So I went on to do this work and bring it into my patients' lives. And for example, I went from doing two to three surgeries a week on average, to two to three major surgeries a year. So we have a tremendous capacity to heal our own bodies. And that's how I work to empower each individual to take ownership again, to take back ownership and stop giving away our power over our bodies. And that's made a difference. And I, I communicate that in my books. And I really want every everyone to hear that message. And for me, the journey continued. I'd like to say it was all roses, right? And had the baby at 41 and la-di-da, right? No. At age 48, because underlying trauma can affect us. And I, especially, I know that when you lose a child about 
there's a 20% increase in the rate of divorce. So if the average rate of divorce is 50%, there's people who have lost a a child have a 70% increased risk of divorce. And we didn't want that to happen, Melanie, but it did. And I didn't understand it. We tried to do everything we could, but we were disconnected. I certainly was unattached. I couldn't feel love anymore. I couldn't feel connection. And my marriage ended in divorce. So a few years later, I'm 48, struggling in all ways. I was both mom and dad because my ex-husband had a traumatic brain injury. So I was both mom and dad and sole, you know, wage earner and teenagers in the house and a young child in elementary school. So it was a bit crazy, if you can imagine. It was a really hectic time of my life. And here I was going through these menopausal changes again, hot flashes, mood swings, irritability. My cycle was crazy to non-existent. And I started gaining weight back. And this was the like fear factor, right? Because, okay, I can deal with a little bit of irritability, but all of a sudden overnight, I'm two dress sizes bigger. And it's so funny because my patients would say to me, Dr. Hannah, I'm gaining 5, 10, 20 pounds over, you know, and it, I'm not doing anything different. And I'm like, yeah, sure you're not, right? Well, then it happened to me. So <laughs> I had to, I had to be more humbled and figure out what the heck's going on. And so that's how I ended up developing my keto green approach. And I reversed that, those menopausal changes again, I gained clarity. And I think finally now at age 53, I am finally truly menopausal, but still following the principles that I put forth in my book and my messaging have tremendous brain clarity. Like you said, I'm on my second book. I never would have been able to write either of these books six years ago. No way. I had so much brain fog and you know, I was really struggling. But through this journey and these findings, I think that it's just enabled me to live a passionate, purposeful life and honor all those in my life that I love. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Sorry, it's such such a beautiful story. And I, I think listeners can already tell why I'm so thrilled to have you here and engage in this conversation because I love how you, and this is something I was going to ask you, was how you understand both the biological, the physical aspect of health, but then also the the mental aspect to it and how those connect. And I mean, I know for me personally, though, I almost struggle with, sometimes I'm like, maybe it's all the mind, you know, like maybe the mind should be able to heal everything and that should be the one thing. But then sometimes I'm like, no, maybe if I just, you know, find the exact right diet or supplements to follow, you know, that's the thing. And I think a lot of us struggle with that, like bridging the gap between these two approaches in order to support health. So I was wondering if you had any thoughts about that, that tension there that people might experience. Oh, absolutely. And I think especially in our faith-based communities, right? And I'm I'm so faith-based, but it's it's not enough to have faith, right? So we think, okay, well, I could just think myself better. You know, I have faith. That's so important. And I'll be criticized for saying this, but let me tell you, in the Bible, it says faith with action. And I have a quote on my wall that says, she believed she could, so she did. So there's more than just like, you know, think yourself well. You have to take action steps and always get to the underlying, underlying reasons that are causing these symptoms, signs. I consider these things messengers, certainly the weight on the scale, (laughs) but irritability, agitation, mood swings, aches and pains in your joints, headaches. I mean, what is that telling you? What is that telling us? And then just 
you know, feelings of loneliness and isolation and disconnect. I write about this in my books because that whole, I, there's a physiology to divorce that I want, I feel compelled to talk about because here we get burnt out in society and, and we're not talking about this. When we are burnt out, this is where we have, we have these two major hormones in our body. Well, certainly three. We have insulin, cortisol, and oxytocin. Oxytocin, think of that just at the top, the crown on your head, the most powerful hormone in our body. It is our regal hormone. It makes us joyful, happy, feel loved and able to love. That's the oxytocin hormone, this hormone of love, connection, and bonding. Well, when we are stressed and cortisol is up, oxytocin goes down. They do not coexist at high levels in the same space. Cortisol goes up, oxytocin goes down. And when we're stressed for long periods of time, like those of us with PTSD or chronic everyday stress or chronic inflammation, because cortisol is needed to drive down inflammation, so when we're in this chronic state of higher cortisol, it's like our body is, you know, cortisol is frying out our nervous system. It is like that pouring gasoline on a fire and all of a sudden your body says, your brain, this area in the brain called the paraventricular nucleus or PVN for short, shuts down, tells our adrenals to shut down the production of cortisol. And so by shutting down cortisol, however, because oxytocin production is also regulated in, within the paraventricular nucleus, oxytocin levels get shut down too. So now you're in this really dangerous stage. And this is, this is a lot of theoretical, but there's good science to cover this explanation. Oxytocin is very hard to measure. So here you're in the state now of cortisol being low and oxytocin being low at the same time. And that feels like I mean, that's burnout, that's disconnect. You walk into a grocery store and you see people you know and you pretend they're not there or a restaurant or you get invitations and you're constantly ignoring them or, or saying no, isolating yourself more and more and more and not enjoying things you used to do. A colleague of mine who's a urologist was the president of the Urology Association. He, he told me, he goes, you know, Anna, I just don't feel like going into work anymore. The insurance paperwork and, you know, stress, that's just, it's just, you know, decreased my love for taking care of patients. I just don't even want to go into the office anymore. I don't feel the passion I felt for my profession. That's burnout. That's cortisol and oxytocin that are both low. There's a physiologic response to that. Patients would tell me all the time, I love my husband, but I don't feel love for him. I don't feel love. What's going on? I need a divorce. I need, you know, what else? What do I need? And we need to heal our physiology. And it comes from always. It comes from, number one, having faith, visualization. I call them feelingizations. You know, having a feelingization is not just enough to see it. We have to feel it. We have to feel it to be real. You know, that shifts our physiology as if we were experiencing it. So we need to do feelingizations and we need to nourish our body and in the right ways, I always say it takes more than hormones to fix our hormones. So there's, and the same thing, diet, you know, the keto green way is not a diet. It is a way of living. It's only 25% about what we eat, but when we eat, how we eat, <laughs> with who we eat, right? All of those things can make a really big difference in our lives. So we look at it in this entire concept of, of healing our physiology, mind, body, and spirit, recognizing that we can't separate them. They're intertwined. So in order to heal and optimize our life, we address them all. I love it so much. And I'm so glad we 
we're tackling the hormones. I do have some some questions actually specifically to what you were just talking about, especially with cortisol and burnout and things that we often experience. So with cortisol and with the stress response, how do you feel about the idea that perception of stress would play a role in it? You know, like the studies where, you know, people anticipate certain stressors as having negative health effects and then them creating negative health effects compared to embracing the stress response as something, you know, that is driving energy or being productive. So what role does the perception of stress, does it affect the actual way cortisol acts in your body or do you have thoughts on that? Absolutely. The, you know, what is perceived is real. So it affects the HPA axis. So for example, and, and it goes beyond us, Melanie, which is what I, I just find so fascinating. So it goes to those that we're energetically connected as well. So if I'm stressed as the mom, the head of the household, and even if, you know, I say the same things to my kids when I'm stressed versus I'm just being around them when I'm not stressed and saying the same thing. It is completely received differently. So it's a communication between individuals as well. But when we are living our life based on fear, we're activating the fear hormones. When we are now, for instance, the you know really a genuine uh, concern across our nation right now is coronavirus. So fear is going to drop our immune system. It's going to affect our T cells and B cells. We know that just by having fear. So it's going to increase cortisol and it's going to lower our immune system in the long run if we keep it up, right? Because then we're just going to suppress cortisol again, that too high, too long, our, our body doesn't want us to be, you know, to fry out our nervous system, so to speak. So we're going to suppress cortisol and that allows inflammation to take over yet again. So what I look at in this is no matter what we're faced with, because I've studied war-torn areas of the world as well, you know, what are things they do to increase the quality of their lives to handle the the stress and loss, right? Like how did they handle the loss of a loved one? Some losing entire families of loved ones. And what I noticed is that it is several things, keeping a positive attitude, having a strong faith, and creating healthy community, sharing celebrations, celebrating each other's birthdays, celebrating anniversaries, celebrating the small things, you know, and big things, celebrating weddings for a week. You know, in the in Middle Eastern countries, they celebrate weddings for a week, if not longer, you know, huge turnout, huge village turnout, huge celebrations. And that brings up oxytocin. That brings love into the picture, joy, laughter, all the things that increase oxytocin. That will empower our immune system and also counteract the stress physiology. So mentally, it is thinking of our thoughts as a flashlight and directing them in the direction we want to see our lives. Going beyond that, feeling what that feels like. So if we're feeling the stress and the sphere, what does it feel like to be tremendously healthy, to be out on the tennis court or hiking up a mountain and, you know, high-fiving with your kids and best friends and, you know, 
just having a blast. What does that feel like? Or being at a dinner table and just cheering with your favorite bottle of wine and your favorite girlfriends around you and having girlfriend conversation and living it up, right? Just laughing, telling stories, making each other laugh. How does that feel? If we can incorporate those emotions into our life, that feels so much better. I've got to add one in here is playing with a puppy. Playing with a puppy is, or a dog, your favorite pet, what horses, we have horses, dogs, and one of my daughters has cats, not allowed in my house, but she has cats, needless to say. (laughs) So, you know, it's that, it just that being able to connect with just unconditional love. Oh my gosh. That is so nourishing. And that definitely, we know that increases our longevity. It boosts our immune system. So when it comes to the stress response, we have to think, you know, what am I grateful for? What do I love about today? What do I focus on? And, you know, imagine the best. Imagine the best. Hi, friends. Do you want to come hang out with me and Dave Asprey and so many other guests I've had on the show? You simply must come to the 10th Annual Biohacking Conference. May 30th through June 1st in Dallas, Texas. And of course, I have a massive discount code for you guys. I went last year to the one in Orlando, and it was one of the most fun times of my entire life. I met and got to hang out with so many guests that I've had on the show. I met so many of you guys. And of course, there's lots of Danger Coffee and Dave Asprey approved meals and Dry Farm Wines. And that's just the social aspect. The conference itself is mind-blowing. They have this incredible expo where they have all the biohacking supplements, all the biohacking things. You can learn about them, try samples, meet the creators and founders. If you haven't tried a lot of biohacking things, it's a great chance to actually try them out in person. Things like brain tap, infrared sauna, hyperbaric oxygen chambers, and so much more. There are so many incredible speakers as well. You can hear talks from people I've had on the show like Paul Saladino, Dr. Daniel Amen, Dr. Sarah Gottfried, Dr. Mercola, Dr. Annika Becca, and that is just a few of them. I seriously had the time of my life last year, and I would love to hang out with you guys. And you can get 35% off tickets. Just go to melanieavalon.com slash biohackingconference and use the coupon code BCMelanie to get 35% off your tickets. That's melanieavalon.com slash biohackingconference with the code BCMelanie to get 35% off your tickets. This code can be used for general admission or for VIP access. Seating is limited. They do sell out. They sold out last year. So get your ticket now. And if you come, definitely let me know because I want to meet you. So hopefully see you guys in Dallas. MelanieAvalon.com slash biohacking conference with coupon code BCMelanie. Get your tickets now. I'll see you guys there. Hi friends. So I'm sort of haunted by clothes. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably know that I love wearing all the new clothes all the time. And I know that that is not really sustainable and not good for the planet. That's why I am thrilled that there is now a way to get all of the clothes with none of the waste. And I'm going to tell you how you can get unlimited clothes with no waste for a month for free. That's right, I now have a website for both myself and you guys where you can get free unlimited clothes with free shipping, free exchanges, nonstop from all of the hottest brands, and it is so incredibly easy. It's called MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. We have so many incredible brands, including my favorites like BCBG, Calvin Klein, 
and so many more. Think like a hundred brands. There are so many options. And the way it works is when you get a subscription, you search through the clothes, pick what you want. They send it to you with fast, easy shipping. You wear it as long as you want. And then when you're ready for more clothes, you just drop it off in their prepackaged envelope and get your next round. It is so incredibly cool. They have multiple plans. The starter plan gives you two pieces at a time. Friends, I actually have a little secret hacked. Don't tell them that I told you this. When you get your two pieces, you can actually immediately go into your account, click return, and they'll go ahead and send you the next two pieces. So technically you can have four pieces at a time. You also have a cool virtual closet that you can keep stocked with everything you eventually want to order so you never miss out. And if you really like something and want to keep it, you can opt to buy it at a massively discounted price. Friends, I'm obsessed. This is finally the answer to wearing all the clothes all the time with none of the waste. Oh, and of course, one of my major reservations was the cleaning compounds that they use on the clothes because yes, it is dry cleaning, which normally makes me nervous. And they don't say this on the website. So I reached out to them and I was like, hey, what's going on with the cleaning? What do you guys use? Because I can't promote this if it's just normal dry cleaning. And thankfully, they let me know that they do not use any detergents, fabric softeners, or chemicals that are harsh. Everything is professionally dry cleaned or laundered with detergents that are free from dyes and scents. It's all gentle and it uses low temperature cycles. So yes, we are good on that front as well. It is the coolest thing ever. And you can try it free for a month. Yes, completely free. Just go to MelanieAvalonsCloset.com to sign up. Free clothes for a month. After that, their plans are super affordable. We're talking honestly, an entire month is less than the cost of typically what would be the cost of one dress. And I am not kidding. That's right. Unlimited clothes for less than the cost of one outfit. I'm just so thrilled to bring this resource to you guys. I can't wait to hear what you guys think. So again, get free unlimited clothes for a month at MelanieAvalonsCloset.com. That's MelanieAvalonsCloset.com for all of the clothes, none of the waste. And definitely share your pictures and tag me on Instagram because I want to see all the fabulous things that you guys are wearing. That's MelanieAvalonsCloset.com. Yeah, and then just staying a little bit longer in the stress response world. It's so fascinating. You were talking at the beginning about how like the clinical literature is often done in men versus women. And I was just thinking, I had actually read, I don't know if you'd heard this before, but I think it was in rodent trials or it was like when they actually account for gender and studies that are testing like pills and therapies work better in men compared to dietary or trials that are changing metabolism and things like that seem to favor women. It was, it was like super, super fascinating to me that we're you know not taking stuff like that into account. Bringing that back to the stress response, I was reading, for example, the other day that I think with men, they tend to have a higher cortisol spike before a stressful event, but then it like goes down, <laughs> you know, it's like over and done compared to women. They don't, necessarily experience that intense cortisol spike. And it seems to be more of like a, just like chronic release of cortisol and that that's potentially more detrimental. I just found that so fascinating. I was wondering, you're speaking about burnout. So there's often this idea of burnout, of adrenal fatigue. Do you subscribe to the idea that the adrenals, are they literally broken? Are they actually fatigued? Is there a memory to, to hormones? Like, so if a person has been you know, releasing a lot of cortisol for a long time. And then they have this insight. And if, if they magically, you know, had all their stress disappear and they stopped releasing cortisol, would there still be like a, a memory of 
all that cortisol that had been released? I know that's like a very vague question. I'm just wondering what the implications are of when a person has been in a, a stressed or burned out state for a long time. And that's a great question. That really is a great question. Does it learn to be, you know, fatigued or hypofunctioning? And this is what's really interesting. I think early on we talked adrenal fatigue as if our adrenals were just exhausted and burn out, but that is not the case. It's that, I believe, and research shows that the paraventricular nucleus is negatively giving feedback to the adrenals to stop pumping out, you know, cortisol, which is basically frying us, right? When it's too high, too long. So it's just like, they're just suppressed. The brakes are on. It's like in a car, you can be driving your car full speed, for too long, you got to put on the brakes. So imagine the brakes and the gas on at the same time. It's that revving engine type of phenomenon. And sometimes you get these different fatigued in the morning, but yet wide awake at night and or wide awake at 3 a.m. All of a sudden, you've got an outpouring of cortisol because you've been resting all night. And your adrenals are like gasping, so to speak. <laughs> so I think about it. And, you know, they're just starting to pump out some some hormone at that point because they've been suppressed all night until you've actually been able to rest and restore, rejuvenate a little bit anyway. So it is not, first of all, it's not irreversible and the adrenals aren't shot. They're just, they're suppressed, hypofunctioning. And so we need to nourish them and nourish that's where micronutrients come into play with restoring our adrenal function and herbs. And maca is hugely adrenally restoring, as well as quercetin and turmeric and resveratrol. Those are all in my formula, Mighty Maca Plus, for that reason, because it does help us restore our natural hormone balance. And yet, there is memory too. So you're right about that. So in the case of trauma or PTSD, and I, I give it as an analogy, and we don't talk about this in medicine enough, but we know in, in neurology, we, we know this in neurology. And I want to give this example because I have a daughter with seizures. If someone has a seizure once, we're like, okay, we don't see anything organic going on. We've done some brain imaging. We're not seeing anything. You know, maybe she'll not have another seizure. But once she has a second seizure, that's already learned. We know she's going to have a third seizure. That's how quickly our brain develops these patterns, like driving to work the same way all the time. We have to do something drastically different at the beginning in order not to go down that same path. We have to really be intentional about it. The same with restoring our stress response. We have to be really intentional about it. For me with PTSD, and I write about this in The Hormone Fix, a necessary part was EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing technique to help redirect those pathways, to kind of park them in their place, so to speak, park memories in their place. So with PTSD, we have flashbacks. You know, there are triggers and flashbacks and they can be really broadened. And so with EMDR, it helps us kind of tuck those memories away or park them where they can be accessed, but they're not triggered. And so with other aspects of our physiology, it kind of makes sense that that would be the case too. I think about that a lot in, when I'm addressing a patient and their whatever clinical presentation they have, it's like, okay, what were the learned patterns you know, maybe even from childhood and how can we fix that? And what's fascinating, because you talked about male versus female. Well, we know with women, especially that women who have had adverse childhood experiences and women veterans, 
So trauma, women veterans have a harder time in this perimenopausal state. And there's a hormonal reason that it comes up during this perimenopause is because we're losing the neuroprotective hormone progesterone, which is a key ovarian hormone. Now, men steady states, right? They're not having, you know, they're not trying to make babies each month, right? They're not relying on ovarian production of progesterone. We do. We rely on, I just need to make that point, men do not have ovaries, we rely on this ovarian production of progesterone. And as we're aged, 35, 40, our progesterone levels start to decline and that's neuroprotective. So when we're having these symptoms of anxiety and depression and like all of a sudden, like the ceiling is is lifted, right? Like you no longer have that protective layer, but yet these things, these patterns have been there this entire time. We just now remove the layer of protection or the buffer layer. Let's call it a buffer layer. So we have we start experiencing more flashbacks, PTSD, emotional issues, physical issues, harder time with perimenopause. Hi, friends. I hope you're enjoying the show. Remember how I said I was going to be giving away one of my all-time favorite probiotics ever? Well, here's the information. So as you know, everyone is truly facing challenges with the recent virus pandemic. It's created stress, financial issues, sickness, quarantines. There's not a lot of people who haven't been touched by it. And one of the highest risk factors is, of course, a weakened immune system. You guys know this. I've had many episodes on the topic recently with David Sinclair, for example. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And one of the things that really affects your immune system is your gut health. And right now, your gut is under assault like never before in human history. That's why I'm so excited that one of my favorite companies, Buy Optimizers, is actually giving away a free bottle, completely free, of their patented proteolytic probiotic P3OM just for this month, the month of May. And what's special about P3OM and something we've talked about before is it actually helps eliminate bad bacteria and pathogens and rapidly can boost your health. And it can do one thing that no other probiotic on the market can claim. It has a patent filing that explicitly talks about its research around its antiviral capabilities. How perfect is that? This means P3OM is a perfect probiotic to help support your immunity and that of those you love during this crisis. To get your free bottle, just go to p3om.com slash Melanie free. That's p3, the letter O, m.com forward slash M-E-L-A-N-I-E-F-R-E-E. You'll automatically get access to your unique coupon code to claim your free bottle. The offer is limited to one per household and it's only available at that link. Again, that's p3om.com slash Melanie free. And I'll put all of this information in the show notes. All right, now back to the show. So speaking to that, because I know especially, and this is something you discuss in the book, the role of endocrine disruptors and things that are you know affecting our hormones and women experiencing this at earlier ages. What are your thoughts on addressing hormones, especially with things like bioidentical hormone therapy? I mean, you talk about something in your book, like the critical time for when it's appropriate to use bioidentical hormones. I I have so many questions about how does using hormones affect your bodies? I would love to hear how it affects your body based on, you know, where you are, um, (laughs) what your age is, if you're in premenopausal, perimenopause, menopause, what are your thoughts on addressing hormonal imbalances, you know, with 
things that you talked about earlier, things like adaptogens versus bioidentical hormones versus diet. I think women, (laughs) we often feel very lost. So what are your thoughts there? We have to do it all. We have to do it all. So I think of a visual about this, Melanie, is just if we think about ourselves from top down, the areas that we that we have to address. If we look at, think, just think of a, just our own bodies or a stick figure of a, a, a woman. And from the head, you know, it's, it's a healthy mind equals a healthy body. So having positive attitudes, addressing these seven key factors I'm going to mention right now. And, and I think that's so critical because it's never just one thing and it relates to hormones, but it goes beyond that because number one, we've got to break these patterns and we have to direct our thoughts to the positive, the good the loving, the kind, the joyful, direct our thoughts in a positive way. And that also comes to our language, what we speak from our mouth, that we're speaking in a positive way and not a negative way. And this is something that I've had to learn myself to do because I was very fear-based, as you can imagine, after my son's accident. I mean, I had fear, 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 and it was constantly at the forefront of my mind. And, you know, if I slept three hours a night, that was amazing, but it was encompassing. And so I really had to train myself to, number one, compartmentalize my thoughts, compartmentalize and allow myself certain times to grieve or reflect or address thoughts that would want to surface during the day, I started to compartmentalize and say, okay, from 8 to 8.15, I'm going to tuck away these thoughts and address them, or I'm going to address tuck away these thoughts until 8 to 8.15 and address them then. And so I started learning compartmentalization and really had to focus on the positive, focus on you know, my daughter's playing tennis. No, the tennis ball is not going to hit her in the head. No, she's not going to fall. And, you know, whatever. I mean, just even the most, you know, ridiculous things sometimes can pop into your head. But just starting to focus on the positive, you know, and just saying, I'm here, you know, and be really present with the moment at hand and not focus on all the things that can happen. Been there, done that. And so that's the first thing, healthy mind, healthy body. And the second thing is think of your mouth, nutrition and digestion. Nutrition is really critical, but it's one of the hardest things for us to change because we got into learn patterns as well as, you know, all the diets, 93% of diets fail because it's not just about what we eat. So the quality of food we're eating, chewing our food so that it digests in our mouth makes a really big difference. So that becomes a really important key factor. And then the third aspect being digestion, healthy digestion for a glowing complexion is one of the things I always say, healthy digestion for a glowing complexion. So sometimes people are on antacid. I have a a friend of my daughter, she's 11 and she's been on a antacid medication, Prevacid. And, you know, it's ridiculous because we should have addressed the issue that was causing the symptoms. I mean, she's 11 for heaven's sakes. Now at age 12, she's on an antidepressant. I could have told you that's going to happen, right? 90% of our serotonin that we need for our brain is made in the GI tract, is made in our gut. So healthy digestion for a glowing complexion is, is a big part of that. We need to be able to digest our food really, really well. And so I talk about those principles and in my work too, like don't drink with your meal more than four ounces of fluid because you don't want to dilute your digestive enzymes. So little tweaks like that. I mean, it makes perfect sense when you think about it, but 
you know, it's not common practice. You get free refills at the restaurant and you drink them. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. You always, I always think that's a, such a big mistake. And then, so the fourth thing is detoxification. You know, what comes in must go out. What comes in must go out. So, you know, bowel movements, urinating well, having at least one to two bowel movements a day and supporting liver function. And we do that through our choices. And I, I give like 16 key foods that really work well together and Keto Green 16, but certainly our cruciferous vegetables and our fermented vegetables and how beneficial that can be too for detoxification, supporting a healthy GI tract. And so, and then hormone balance. So hormones, so whether we're female and we're thinking about our ovaries, our uterus, our hormone production, certainly our adrenal glands and men, their testes and adrenal glands for sure the hormones so that we can optimize them, but it takes more than hormones to fix our hormones. We can be dialed up on our hormones, but still be struggling. And that includes thyroid hormones. And that's, you know, I would say if, if that wasn't true, everyone on thyroid meds would be thin, but that's not the case. So we know it takes more than hormones to fix our hormones. We always have to get to the underlying reason why our hormones are out of balance, especially prematurely. I mean, young women in their 20s and 30s with hormone dysfunction or hormone imbalance or even early menopause symptoms or post-birth control syndrome, many things like that are disrupting our natural hormones plus the hormone disruptors. And you talk about this and do such a good job talking about this, but hormone disruptors in our environment. So that affect our body's own natural production of hormones. And then of course, sexual health. I'm really passionate about sexual health. I always say from clitoris to anus, that is our most valuable real estate. We have to keep it healthy. Otherwise, we're not going to have, you know, experience less pleasure, less orgasm, but more urinary incontinence issues, more, you know, issues with bowel movements, more issues with pelvic floor relaxation and prolapse issues that as a gynecologist, I took care of women in their 50s, 60s, 70s and beyond with these significant issues that could be prevented, that can be prevented. And that's, again, another reason why I created my product that I needed for me, which is Jolva, my anti-aging cream for the vulva, just because these changes happen just because we're aging, but certainly when we're when we're stressed and have other hormone imbalance issues, that just makes it worse. And these conditions do not get better over time. They just get worse. So we have to keep proactively nourishing and exercising our lady bits, so to speak. So, and then the seventh aspect, I do seven. The seventh is, you know, certainly exercise. We have to move and then consider all the considerations for a healthy environment. So removing toxins and inflammatory factors from our life. And a big inflammatory factor is stress. We're back to stress again. Coming full circle. I do have some more follow-up questions about the hormones. I've been so excited to talk to you about this, especially so you were talking about, you know, women experiencing hormone problems earlier and how hormonal issues are likely to just get, you know, worse the longer it goes. So what are your thoughts? Cause I know I don't want to make blanket statements, but men, the hormone often experimented with is like testosterone. I feel like for women, the hormone out there that women often experiment with or try to use to address hormonal issues is progesterone. So like be it topical through prescription or progesterone creams. I mean, you know, you can order those. 
if people are experiencing therapeutic effects from a progesterone cream or progesterone therapy, are there any downsides to that? Does it negatively affect your body's own natural production of progesterone, especially for women if they're younger and they're they're taking it earlier because they seem to be producing less progesterone? Do you have any concerns about that or do you think it's therapeutic? Well, definitely it can interfere with our body's own natural production. And that's the same with testosterone in men. I, I, I cringe when I hear about young men, 30s, 20s, even 40s on testosterone supplementation. Again, ask why is it low and address those reasons and fix those reasons because it's more than about the testosterone, right? There's other factors. There's the adrenals, there's inflammation, there's toxins and you know, there's conversion of testosterone to estrogen. And the same in women too. I mean, women on testosterone supplementation, it's a big deal. It is going to impact our body's ability to make it as well as progesterone. Certainly higher doses of progesterone can really affect now. So that's where it's important to do supplemental and also take breaks. And I'm a big fan of progesterone. I also created my own, which is progesterone and pregnenolone. It's my Pure Balance PPR cream because I wanted the combination of the two in a clean transdermal cream without hormone disruptors. I mean, that's really important to me. So, and it's also available without a prescription versus prescription bioidentical progesterone. But most people on prescriptions are typically progestins and not bioidentical. That's often what you're given in many of the combination formulas that are available from the pharmaceuticals. But so you really need to ask, you need to say, first of all, I want bioidentical progesterone and do all the things ahead of time to improve your body's natural progesterone. So let me give you an example. I had a client named Ricky and she had been following, actually a virtual client, she'd been following my programs and following my recommendation, had had three miscarriages, actually write about her on my website. She gave her story, shared her story with our audience. And so... She'd had three miscarriages and had a cycle day 21 progesterone level of six, which it should be 15 to 20. It really should be after ovulation. So cycle first day you start bleeding is cycle day one. So ovulation is typically between day 12 to 14. Around day 20 to 22, we experience our peak progesterone levels because estrogen is pretty dominant before ovulation and then progesterone kicks in. And so it's like estrogen is the sheets on the bed and progesterone makes the bed so that when you do become pregnant, you tuck in that nice embryo into that good condition. And so that's how it can think of estrogen and progesterone. So progesterone has its function in the second half of your menstrual cycle. But so her progesterone was low and often because of toxins, endocrine disruptors, stress, and, and advancing age. I mean, after a time, our ovarian production of progesterone is it declines because we're not making that many eggs as we age. So imagine that. And so she was a virtual client and I had her detox, basically go keto green. And she started to supplement it with Mighty Maca. And so I put her on, so she was taking Mighty Maca because that again, supports the adrenals, supports detoxification, supports the liver, supports our inflammatory pathways. And so it was just a very supportive first step for her. And she wrote me in an email, and this is how I was aware of how she was doing. She was taking two to three scoops of Mighty Maca a day because she felt better. And her 
cycle day 21 progesterone had gone up to 18. And two months later, she was pregnant. She didn't even need progesterone. And so that's the beauty of restoring your physiology. And again, for me too, restoring my physiology, I'd failed the highest doses of injectable fertility meds. I was 39. My reproductive endocrinology colleague, the infertility specialist had said, Anna, your only chance is egg donation. Well, I didn't do that. I conceived naturally without any hormones or intervention. And so it is where we can kickstart our own body's physiology. But if we were on higher doses of progesterone longer term, we could negatively feedback. So those of us in perimenopause, menopause, especially menopause and postmenopause, we're not having a cycle anymore. So the temptation for me, because progesterone really is that good brain food, it's, you know, and for so many women, we want to take it every day. We can't. We have to take at least one to two days off a week or three to five days off a month to give our body that chance of rest so that we're not then suppressing our body's own natural production. And we do it in a way that we elevate the baseline without suppressing our natural production. And that makes a difference because every hormone has a role and communicates with, you know, so many other hormones. It's like the the hormones consider them, you know, band members in an orchestra. So they all have to get along, but they each have their individual role. But if one is more dominant, it can suppress the others and or be kicked out of the band. (laughs) So it's so fascinating. And do you know what is the mechanism of action for, like you're talking at the beginning, things like maca and these herbs that seem to regulate hormones? Like, how are they doing that? Isn't that beautiful? It's so cool. There's such traditional wisdom to many of these medicines. And that's what I learned going around the world, right? I did not learn this in medical school or residency. So part of my journey, I was in Peru. And when you're in Peru and you're not feeling good, they say, well, take some maca. And they, you know, if you're infertile, take some maca. You know, you're exhausted, take some maca. And then they would elbow my husband and say, you know, hey, it's the Peruvian Viagra, you know, take some maca. So, of course, like, we want to drink this maca. Now, I had an issue because I couldn't stand the taste of it and I would gag. And so, I have a strong belief that if, you know, we're going to take something, we have to enjoy it. So, I started mixing it with other ingredients as I started learning and studying the science behind maca. So there's ancient wisdom that the, or ancient story, the tale goes that the ancient Incan warriors would drink maca before going into battle to increase their stamina and performance. I thought that was interesting. So then I wanted to understand, well, what is maca exactly? Well, I know it's this root that grows at only high altitudes in Peru. Now there are other places that have grown maca, but it's not the same. So I use kosher Peruvian organic maca, which, you know, it is distinct. And so it has unique protein components called macaenes that are unique to its own. It's like a tuber. It almost looks like a, a radish of sorts. And it is also high in arginine, which increases nitric oxide, which lo and behold, increases blood flow, which is exactly how Viagra works. And it's also rich in histidine too, which can also help with orgasm as well. And so hence the sexual benefits of maca is really fascinating. Plus it's adaptogenic in a way, like certain foods are, and certain herbs are adaptogenic. We know that turmeric and resveratrol 
And Kirsten also have, like we would call them genetic adaptogens too. So it depends on how they monitor your genes, turning them off or turning them on, depending on your body's physiology and what's happening. The same with your adrenals. I believe maca also has this you know, really strong adaptogenic potential. So whether we're in overdrive or underdrive, so to speak, maca comes in and balances us out. And that's a really, a really nice aspect to that. And that's where that becomes very powerful. And then combining it with other antioxidants, like those I've mentioned, plus more greens and enzymes to help the digestibility of it, that and and your absorption of it can make a really powerful difference. And so we see that, how that improves because it's helping the adrenal glands. It's supporting your body's detoxification. It's helping decrease or support your body's anti-inflammatory response because that's key. If we continue to be inflamed, we're keeping cortisol up and we're losing the game and our adrenals are more and more taxed, so to speak. It is so, so fascinating while we're still in this this hormonal world, <laughs> something like like hot flashes, what is the cause there? I was interviewing somebody else and she was saying that basically the hypothalamus, just evolutionarily, the temperature regulation in our body just is not that good. <laughs> and so that's why that's why we have all these struggles with temperature regulation. But what's the connection there between, you know, temperature dysregulation, hot flashes, and hormonal imbalances. Oh my gosh, you never ask anything easy, Melanie. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is a really interesting, fascinating area for me because there's not one reason that we have hot flashes. We experience it at this time of, of hormonal shift, like when progesterone's dropping, we're decreasing our progesterone, which is a precursor to estrogen, testosterone, so estrogen's lower. And then as our estrogen levels fluctuate in this perimenopause, menopause, those swinging estrogen from low to high, we believe that shift can cause us to have hot flashes, like all of a sudden I'm getting hot flashes. But it really has a lot to do with insulin resistance. There's so many research articles now that look at women with insulin resistance or diabetes have significantly more hot flashes for longer durations of time than women who are insulin sensitive. And so there's that component. And remind me to tell you an example in a second, but I want to talk about another component of hot flashes. So a second component is that, you know, our bodies, you know, really used to a pretty steady climate. I mean, we go from a 70 degree house to a 70 degree car to a 70 degree workplace, right? We're just like in this kind of normal, this just very thin temperature range. We're not exposed to the high fluctuations in temperature that our ancestors were. So here we're body, our body's adjusting and we're really hypersensitive to it. So that's fascinating to me because in other cultures where they're outside more, air conditioning is not a big issue and they have colder climates or hotter climates, so more extreme temperatures and are inside and outside more that they have less hot flashes. So same age ranges, same, you know, population group types, but yet less hot flashes. So you have to wonder about the climate control <laughs> that we've established for our lives and, and how that can really affect us. And a third aspect is that adrenaline junkie. So you know, just surges in adrenaline can increase our hot flashes. So you know, hot, spicy foods, stress, sitting in a sauna, it, certainly exercise helps, but exercise can cause a hot flash. 
right? But the more you exercise, the less hot flashes you have. So exercise, right? So that's a really important factor too. So there are many different factors. The example I wanted to share with you is that we survey our clients. We've surveyed over 2,500 of our clients who do my, from the Hormone Fix, my 10-day program. And from the beginning of 10 days to the end of 10 days following the program, there was over a 50% reduction in the symptoms of hot flashes. In just 10 days, you know, we're intermittent fasting. In just that short amount of time, we're already improving our body physiology. Now we kick butt with it with our 16-day Keto Green 16 plan. And so we're seeing sometimes in that 16 days over a 90%, we've had some clients with a 90% reduction in in symptoms, but it, you know, and some, you know, anywhere between 30 to 40%, but we're seeing consistent improvement in the 16 days. So that's really, really powerful that we can so quickly see that adjustment. But by focusing on managing our stress, hence the control of cortisol, which I say is about getting alkaline through diet and lifestyle, and managing, creating more insulin sensitivity by getting into ketosis, through intermittent fasting and my keto green diet, that improves our physiology tremendously. So we see improvements there. And that was really beautiful. See, we had one client, her name was Sandra, and she had, she said, she goes, you know, I have a hot flash an hour. I don't know. Like I'm always in layers because I'm taking on, taking off, clothes at all times. And I'm like, I get it, you know, tossing in bed, leg in, leg out, cover on, cover off, right? And she said that you know, she was in my magic menopause program. And by the end of the eight weeks of the magic menopause program, she wasn't having any more hot flashes. And so that's powerful. That's powerful physiology because that's without the addition of prescription hormones. I mean, it's so incredible and about how when we're in these constantly controlled environments, it's like we're reacting in a way to the smallest changes how do I say this? Part of me feels that like when we return to the natural way of being where there's normal fluctuations, where there's normal things, we can experience them on an almost foundational level. I just know for me, like with intermittent fasting that you were talking about, because I started getting a lot of hormonal issues. I mean, I don't know what was like the thing that, you know, (laughs) made it go crazy, but I had really intense mercury toxicity and some other things and hormonal problems started after that. But for me, I know whenever I would do like intermittent fasting, for example, or if I was even you're talking about like, you know, like cold exposure, things like that, those would almost go away completely. I mean, it's almost shocking to me. Then when I go back into, you know, not in the fasted state or try to control my environment too much, it's like I almost revert back to this reacty mode. And I don't know how much of that is in my head compared to something actually happening in my body, but I just I just find it really, really fascinating. It's like I've been saying with one of my therapists that like, I want to feel like I am the thermostat. Not, and because like hormonal issues and stuff, you feel like you're the thermometer, you know, it's like, oh, I'm hot or I'm cold or I'm not feeling well. It's like just reading what's happening compared to, and I think this ties into like the mentality of it. Like, no, like, this is my body. You know, I am this thing. I'm the thermostat. I set the temperature. I find it so huge. Sorry, that was like a rambly personal anecdote, but a lot of what you were saying was really resonating with me. That's perfect. I think that's exactly right. Like setting the parameters versus being reactive, right? A thermometer is reactive. A thermostat sets the pace and that's where we really want to be. When we are in this climate controlled and this, you know, very... I don't want to say small window 
of our world, so to speak, that's it. It's a small window. Our range of experiences is narrowed. What we need to do in so many levels of our life is expand the range of experiences we're having, the highs and lows, and that goes with temperatures too. So that makes sense. We need we need a reset. Melanie, you need to create a reset, you know, intermittent fasting, nature camping retreat. That's the quickest way. <laughs> I was going to say, I was interviewing Dallas Hartwig on the podcast recently, and we were talking about how like there's all these health conditions and all these things that we experience and probably the quickest way to heal would be if somebody just dropped you on an island and like you had to just live, (laughs) you know? And like, there wouldn't be like anything. You'd have to get your own food, do your own thing, sleep with the sun. Like there would be no, there wouldn't be all these factors that are coming into play. So yeah, it's, it's so fascinating. There was a little keyword in there that you mentioned. That's a huge topic. I'm so excited to tackle with you today. And it ties into the dietary aspect of the keto green 16. You talked about, you know, the, the potential benefits of the ketogenic diet and intermittent fasting, but there's a huge, huge aspect to your approach to this. And it does involve that green aspect and alkalinity and I am so excited to dive a little bit deep into this with you. If you say like the word alkaline diet, a lot of people are either like, yeah, that's what you have to do. It like cures everything. Diet is everything. And then there are people who are like, no, that's not even real. There's no science behind that. Your stomach is acidic. What you eat has no effect on your body's alkalinity. It doesn't matter. I personally think the whole thing is like completely misunderstood. So I'm really excited to to dive into this. So a starter question what is pH to start? What is acid versus an alkaline state? So this is a great question. And and this comes up a lot because I've, so to speak, faced off with other healthcare professionals, but you can't argue with the science. We can't, can't argue with the science or the clinical experience that we see over and over again. And the myriad, the, you know, numerous research articles that look at alkaline urinary pH. And that's what I measure as another vital sign to our body. Now, I I love to give this example. When we're talking about pH, we're talking about our body's essentially power of hydrogen. It's the concentration of hydrogen ions. And in our blood, for instance, our blood pH, our arterial blood gas. So if you come into my ER and you're crashing, I would put a needle in your arterial radial artery of your wrist and draw out blood from the artery, not the vein, like when we're drawing blood to test your labs. Arterial blood gas, it's called. And that blood gas, that has to stay so close to 7.4. If it's a little bit higher, a little bit low, it's very intricately regulated. So if it's just a little bit off, we're really, really sick. We're either in metabolic acidosis or metabolic alkalosis. Now in starvation for a long period of time and diabetics who are on insulin and get very, very low blood sugars, they can get into a state called ketoacidosis. That is not what we're talking about with dietary changes. Our body, our system to maintain homeostasis will rob Peter to pay Paul, so to speak, to keep that arterial blood pH so finely regulated. Now, what makes up that regulation? What helps our mineral status? I mean, all of this runs through our kidneys and it's about our elements. So potassium, chloride, magnesium, sodium, you know, all of these minerals make a difference and their shift across cell membranes, let's say, is what 
creates healthy physiology and healthy cells. So that makes a difference in our entire life. Now that's just, you know, that's just to tell you that it's complicated, I think. I think that all I said was just say, okay, it's complicated. But so what happens with our urine pH? Now our urine pH and different, like our skin is more acidic, our vaginal pH is acidic, unless we're menopausal, then it's more alkaline. Different parts of our body have different pH. Our stomach is very acidic and just so each role of our body has a different has a different pH. So urine pH, consider it a vital sign. And this is what I say with clients. And this is what made the difference in, in my, this was a wake up moment for me, is I always test urine pH to make sure that we're getting enough minerals on board to have more of an alkaline urine because the research shows that those of us with a urine pH of 6.57, 7.5, so averaging around 6.5 to 7 at least, if it's greater than that, we have a decreased risk of diabetes, hypertension, metabolic syndrome, and other inflammatory conditions like cancer, okay? So there's a couple things that affect that. Certainly nourishment, we need minerals. We get minerals from the food we eat or we get them from our bone and muscle. So we're going to have that. But also, if we're stressed, we're going to secrete cortisol. Cortisol causes an increased hydrogen ion secretion across the renal tubules, increasing the acidity of our urine. So it's this like this flush, essentially, that affects our bodies, you know, our urinary pH. And we consider that as a guide to us, then we can recognize that it's not just about what we eat, it's about how we live and stress, real stress and perceived stress. So part of my aha moment as I had dug into my second menopause, so to speak, when I was 48, and I created my keto green plan, that part of alkalinization, like when I first started my keto approach, I was very inflamed and not feeling good. And I called it going keto crazy. I mean, it was just terrible. And I had to understand, okay, what's going on? And that's where I started checking my urine pH and recognizing that, oh my gosh, it was as acidic as the urine pH paper would read. So I added in the alkalinizers. But what I recognized was that the mornings I walked on the beach, the mornings I did my gratitude journaling and prayer, I was more likely to be more alkaline throughout the day. And that was a aha moment. I didn't realize till a couple of years later that it was the renal physiology of cortisol that was affecting me. Now, that practice of meditating and realizing that it's more than what we eat was just, is just mind-blowing to me. And it explains so much why 93% of diets fail, because it's not just about what we eat, it's how we live, it's how we think about food, etc. And for me, this is so crucial that people just start checking your urine pH and experience for yourself. What about when you get an alkaline urine pH and into ketosis at the same time? Now, I've run thousands of women through my programs and they've done just that. And the the stories are incredible. It's I call it energized enlightenment. It's all of a sudden my body and my mind are united with my spirit and it's all good. It does make that difference. But there's often many reasons why we're not or we have trouble getting into the state or alkaline urine pH. Maybe we're dehydrated. Maybe we have food sensitivities. Maybe it's stress. Maybe it's mold toxicity or heavy metal poisoning. And that's going to make it, maybe we're drinking juices and thinking, even though it's healthy, but it's too much sugar and it's creating inflammation in our body. So it helps us fine tune and discover 
what's working for us and what's not working for us. Like for me, I have to start each day with gratitude journaling, prayer, and a little bit of, at least a little bit of my presence outside in nature to the best of my ability. And now it's at 6.30 in the morning. But it makes a whole difference on my physiology for the rest of the day. Not just does it shift my urinary pH, but it also helps me stabilize my blood sugar. When I wake up and I'm stressed and I'm drinking my coffee, and even though I'm intermittent fasting, my blood sugar will increase. And I've, I've used the 14-day blood sugar monitor, the Freestyle Libre. So I've I, I used it to make all of my recipes and make sure that my plant really stabilized blood sugar. It's just eye-opening to me that those that coffee just in and of itself increases my blood sugar 20 to 30 points easily, even though there's nothing else in it. So learning what's working and what's not working can really make a difference. And for me, that was why coffee, I had to eliminate or definitely reduce my amount of coffee because it was creating acidity for me and also kicking me out of ketosis. That is so fascinating and reminds me of something you often say in your book, the tests don't guess, you know, the importance of tracking these biomarkers. So I do want to, because this is so fascinating to me, I do want to clarify, because I know people, people, you know, they freak out at this whole acid alkaline, especially like urine test, diet, food thing. So when there's an acidic state in the body that's literally affecting the hydrogen in your body, the kidney has to deal with that. And then the urine becomes acidic. Are there metabolites from the kidneys that are making the urine? Like, why does the urine become acidic? It's that hydrogen ion secretion across the renal tubules. It's just from stress cortisol response, just from increasing cortisol. So you have to wonder, like, cortisol is causing a shift in our electrolytes across the membrane. So the potassium chloride, sodium, and it's shifting. That shift is is essential that we keep that balanced. And so that's, you know, I think the big part to understand with the whole alkalinity concept, like for me, it comes to a visual. I say, think of acidity, like living in a city, industrial, pretty inflamed, right? And alkalinity, like living in the Amazon, lush jungle, waterfall in the background, very lush and nourishing and just kind of makes you smile and relax just thinking about it. And so alkalinity like the Amazon, acidity like a city. So there's a balance between both. I mean, we need both. You know, I'm certainly an omnivore and meats are acidic, alcohol's acidic, doggone it. And vegetables and fruits are alkaline. Now we don't use fruits in my Keto Green 16 plan other than three fruits and a very small amount to help with digestion. But because they're so high in, in sugars, right? And so really getting kicking our bodies into ketosis, this ketogreen state pretty quickly. So I eliminate that. But we need to think of where are we getting the minerals and nutrients and micronutrients to balance our body, to give our body what we need. We need protein and fat. Honestly, according to research, we really don't need carbohydrate, but we need protein and fat. We need minerals. But when we're eating too much of an acidic load, there is a a stress on our body and that can create inflammation over time. And that's going to add additional stress and increase more cortisol to decrease the inflammation. Cortisol is our natural steroid, anti-inflammatory. So then that's going to continue and then create leaky membranes 
And that's what causes leaky gut, you know, cardiovascular diseases, brain issues, dementia issues. We can say it's all from these leaky membranes, from kind of the tearing down of our cellular walls, so to speak. And this creates havoc on our system. And that's where we need to appropriately tend to our physiology. So by adding minerals and nutrients in a balanced way, that helps our body maintain pH balance and it just feels better. So for my critics, just check your urine pH and get your urine pH above seven and then get into a state of ketosis through intermittent fasting and ideally keto green living and see what happens. See how you feel. 100% of clients that I've worked with feel a tremendous improvement in their life and their quality of life. Hi, friends. Okay, so I'm a little bit embarrassed because I've been talking for so long about red light and near-infrared therapy, which is so, so important. However, I kind of left out something really important about light. So as you guys know, I've been talking about red light and near-infrared for so long. And at the same time, during the day, I was using a bright, sad light. So it's those white lights that help with waking you up, help with your circadian rhythm. They're used to combat mood issues and depression. So I have a really bright white one of those at my desk. A few things about that. I knew it helped wake me up and kept me stimulated, but I wasn't sure if it had any detrimental effects using it. And then two, I was also wondering if by just focusing on red and near-infrared light, was I somehow missing something in the full spectrum of light? Guess what? I was. And guess what? I found the solution. And guess what? I have a discount for you guys. So the founder of a company called Soulshine reached out to me and he was like, do you know about the importance of full spectrum light? And I was like, you know what? I've been wondering about this for quite a while. Please educate me. Oh my goodness. This man blew my mind. I talk a lot about the problems of blue light. That said, we evolved in natural full spectrum sunlight that our genes are programmed to respond to. And today we do not spend enough time in that light. A lot of us don't go outside and we're overexposed to blue light. It's a problem. And then to make things even more problematic, the common sad lights that I was talking about that are bright white, they actually do not contain the full spectrum light. They filter out certain wavelengths and they're high in blue light. So just like I thought, it was not doing my health many services. There is only one company I have found, or I guess that found me, that makes a full spectrum white light device. So the Soul Light Systems include the fullest spectrum of visible and invisible near-infrared light with traces of UV light. Yep, that's right, because you need all of that as well. Don't worry, it's not an exuberant amount that's going to cause a problem. It's just a tiny little dose that your body actually needs. You can use these lights to fix your circadian rhythm and properly stimulate your brain's suprachiasmatic nucleus, or SCN, in a way that it was supposed to be stimulated. It's kind of like the natural spectral diet. Because yes, you may be suffering from malillumination. Did you know that your entire bloodstream actually filters through your eyes in a relatively short amount of time, that's the only way your blood is exposed to the outside world. So when we expose our eyes to this light, it actually can have beneficial effects on our blood. That is crazy. It helps with skin, with mood. This is the light that I wasn't thinking about that we need. I love Soulshine's light therapy devices. I do use it in combination with my red and near-infrared light devices as well so that I can fully bathe my body in the best light that is so helpful 
for my sleep, for my stress, for my metabolism, for my immunity, for my health, so many things. They have so many different device options. They have one that I love that kind of looks like a Juve and I sit it on my desk and it has options for the full spectrum light, which is that bright white light, as well as an ear infrared option. So what I do is I do a session of the full spectrum light in the morning and then I run the near infrared to help counteract the negative blue light around me. They also have stands with bulbs that you can get. I've been using some of those on my plants. I am just so grateful that Ken at Soulshine found me because I was missing out on such a key aspect of light and I had no idea. And you can get 10% off at melanieavalon.com slash soulshine. That's S-O-L-S-H-I-N-E with the code Melanie Avalon. So melanieavalon.com slash soulshine, S-O-L-S-H-I-N-E with the code Melanie Avalon for 10% off. It's really helped my mood, my energy, my sleep, so many things. I think you guys will love it. So again, go to melanieavalon.com slash soulshine, S-O-L-S-H-I-N-E and use the coupon code Melanie Avalon to get 10% off site-wide. And we'll put all this information in the show notes. Hi friends, I am so excited to tell you about something that I am obsessed with that can revolutionize your health, help with stress levels, support longevity, and really help you when you go out and are having a bit of wine or drinks or all the things. And I'm going to tell you how to get $100 off. So I've been talking about the role of NAD in our health for so long. NAD stands for nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide. It is a coenzyme that is involved in so many processes in our body, including energy production and DNA repair. And it is depleted by things like stress, aging, lack of sleep, alcohol, and of course, too much partying. In fact, a lot of researchers believe that declining NAD levels is one of the key factors in aging. That's why I have been really interested in boosting and supporting NAD levels. And I have tried all the things. You can take precursors to NAD called NR and NMN. I still take NMN. However, I am much more alert by directly giving your body NAD. And historically, the most common way to do that that is accessible to people was through NAD IVs and NAD shots. I actually never did an NAD IV for a few reasons. One, they are extraordinarily expensive. Two, I've been doing the shots, which I liked because they were easy to do. That said, they always made me feel a little bit unwell right afterwards. And I've heard that the IV makes a lot of people feel unwell. So if the shots were making me feel unwell and that was going into the muscle first as like a barrier, I can't even imagine what putting it straight into my bloodstream would have done. Plus with the IVs, you have to sit there for potentially hours. So basically IVs were a no-go for me. So like I said, I was doing the shots, but I was like, I wish there was an easier way to do this. Then a company called Ion Layer reached out to me. Oh my goodness, friends. I am so obsessed. So they make transdermal NAD patches and they have studies showing that these patches actually boost your NAD levels. And what's so amazing is you put on a patch. It's super easy to put on. I have a video on my Instagram about how you do it. You basically get this patch thing with like a negative side and a positive side. You put saline on one side, you mix up the NAD with some sterile water and the NAD that they give you on the other side. Then you stick it to your arm or wherever you want to put it. You put a super cool black patch over it, kind of like how you put the patches over CGMs. And then what's amazing is there are no side effects. You don't feel unwell from it and it lasts for 14 hours. 
And it's so easy. You can do it at home and then you can really decide when you want to do it. So with the shots, I was doing them once a week and I was trying to do them before going out with this patch. Now I put on the patch before going out and it makes me feel so good. It really helps the next day from any alcohol recovery that you may need. And they look pretty awesome with my outfits. Not going to lie. I am obsessed with these patches. I just want everybody to know about them and they are so much more affordable than the shots or the IVs. If you want to boost your NAD levels, support anti-aging, help with your stress, help with lack of sleep, and or optimize your partying. You need these patches, friends. And I'm so excited because working with the company has been amazing and they are giving you guys $100 off, which is incredible. So to get that discount, just go to melanieavalon.com slash ion layer. That's I-O-N-L-A-Y-E-R and use the coupon code melanieavalon to get $100 off your first order. I cannot recommend these enough. I'm going to use them for the unforeseeable future, probably for the rest of my life. It's literally just become part of my arsenal now. Like when I'm getting ready to go out, usually once a week, put on my NAD patch. And even if I don't go out that week, I still like to do one once weekly. Oh, P.S. They're also amazing for traveling. You guys know I'm not a big traveler. I've been doing more traveling recently and I wear these on the plane there and back. Game changer. Although it's really fun at TSA, especially because I already opt out and don't go through the scanner thing. So they already are suspicious. And then they're like, what's that on your arm? And I'm like, it's NAD. And then they're like, what's that? And then I'm like, it's a coenzyme in your body that's involved in a lot of metabolic processes and energy production and DNA repair. And then they just look at me really weird, but it's fine. It's totally fine. So again, that's melanieavalon.com slash ion layer to get $100 off your ion layer kit. It comes with six patches, totally the way to go for boosting NAD levels. And I cannot recommend it enough. melanieavalon.com slash ion layer with the coupon code melanieavalon for $100 off. Hi friends. An incredible fasting aid is coffee. Yes, I am all about the coffee. I am a huge fan of its health benefits as well as how it can support your fast and really help with energy and fat burning. And I have a big announcement. The brand of coffee that I have been drinking for an entire decade now, I am no longer drinking. There's some drama, there's some science, and I'm about to tell you how to get a discount on my new favorite coffee. So I've been drinking the coffee formerly known as Dave Asprey's Bulletproof Coffee for literally a decade. I do not drink it now, so this is not a Bulletproof Coffee commercial, but I started drinking it because I so trusted Dave and his obsession in creating mold-free coffee because moldy coffee beans is a huge problem and a lot of people can get health issues, brain fog, and crash after coffee because of the mold contamination. Dave has been talking about this for so long, so I really trusted him and I would drink Bulletproof Coffee, which I absolutely loved and loved that it was mold-free. Then there was some drama. Dave sort of got kicked out of Bulletproof. He might be going back. There's a lot of stuff going on with that. Follow him on Instagram if you want to learn more about that. He even talked about it at the recent biohacking conference. But in any case, (laughs) drama aside, he can no longer speak to Bulletproof Coffee as to whether or not it is mold-free. And he ended up making a coffee even better than Bulletproof Coffee, and it is called Danger Coffee, and friends, I love it. It's the first coffee that is not only mold-free, but actually can help you remineralize. Yep, that's right. Danger Coffee contains a patent-pending formula that actually remineralizes your body with more than 50 trace minerals, nutrients, and electrolytes. 
On top of that, it is super clean. I know people like to see organic labels. Friends, I have learned so much about the certification industry. And honestly, the best of the best is finding people that you trust who do extensive testing and third-party certification. That's what I do with my Avalon X supplements. And that's what Dave does with Danger Coffee. So with Danger Coffee, they use a process that far exceeds government and industry standards. And it is third-party lab tested. So you can rest assured it is free of mold toxins. As for the flavor, Dave selected these hand-picked farm direct beans for their quality, their superb flavor, and their elevated performance. I love the taste of it. It's much richer and more nuanced than Bulletproof Coffee. It's honestly one of the best coffees I've ever tasted, and it's so exciting to know that when I'm drinking it, I'm actually helping to remineralize my body. So that's right. If you want your coffee to contain antioxidants, anti-inflammatories, micronutrients, and help optimize your fasting, you want Danger Coffee. And of course, I have a discount for you guys. You can go to melanieavalon.com slash dangercoffee and use the coupon code melanieavalon to get 10% off. Again, that is melanieavalon.com slash dangercoffee with the coupon code melanieavalon for 10% off. This is my favorite coffee. Like I said, it takes some really good coffee and convincing biohacking health reasons to break me from my 10-year decade bulletproof coffee habit but sometimes you just got to upgrade. And by the way, this would make epic presents for people. This can just become your go-to present. Not only will people love it, but you'll be helping their health as well. Everybody wins. MelanieAvalon.com slash Danger Coffee with the coupon code Danger Coffee. Hi friends, I hope you're enjoying the show. One of the things Dr. Annika Becca is going to talk about in a little bit is how food sensitivities can affect our hormones. I definitely struggle with the food sensitivity issue. That's why I created an app to address that. It's called Food Sense Guide and it's available on the App Store. It's a comprehensive catalog of over 300 foods showing the relative levels of various potentially problematic compounds, histamine, gluten, lectins, oxalates, FODMAPs, whether or not something is a nightshade, and so much more. You can get it at melanieavalon.com slash foodsenseguide. In the app, you can also learn more about the compounds, create personal lists, share them, print them, and so much more. All right, now back to the show. Speaking to the foods that are acidic versus foods that are alkaline, again, I think people often think, they'll, they'll say, well, your stomach's acidic, so any food automatically becomes acidic. But there is this concept of the PROW score, the potential renal acid load that involves, you know, after the metabolism of these foods, basically the acidic or the alkaline ash. So the result of that, do you subscribe to the PROW? Is that how you determined which foods were acid or alkaline? Yes, more alkaline. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so for listeners, I'll put links in the show notes um, to some I mean, there's a, there's a lot of studies in science here. I just, I find it so fascinating because I just think it's, you know, so misunderstood. It is fascinating. I don't think we get a complete picture yet. And I always say this about hormones because hormones are energetic molecules, right? That's an energetic field to hormones. We just haven't begun to understand it or to completely be able to measure it yet. So if your doctor says, well, I can't accurately measure your hormones, your doctor is correct. Our hormones spike in balance. Now, I measure hormones all the time because I, they give me a guideline and, you know, a sense of 
perspective for a client. So there's value to measuring hormones. But I want to tell you that we've we there's no we can measure saliva salivary hormones, urinary hormones, serum hormones. I mean, name it. We can measure hormones in many different ways, but there's an energetic component to hormones. Our hormones are energy molecules. We know that. Our cells, this this positive, negative shift across cell membranes, that's an energetic, right? That's electric. That's an energetic transfer of energy. And so we have to support the transfer of energy. And I think of it that way. And if we could understand that, I think there, there are missing pieces to the puzzle that I don't, I don't know that we have the answers yet because we don't have the ability to measure. I think the more we get into energy medicine and quantum physics and start to dig deeper into that, the electrophysical potential of our bodies and especially that potential across the cell membrane when we're getting it, but not completely, you know, we'll have more of the answers. And that's why I, I'm a clinician at heart, right? I'm a clinician versus a bench scientist. So I'm like, okay, well, how does it make you feel? And this comes to discernment. Does doing this make you feel better? Do you feel more energized, more at peace, more in your body, more connected, more grounded? Or do you not check, test, and see what works best for you? And from there, you know, for me, again, like like measuring urine pH and ketones, that's a vital sign for me. Just like my weight on the scale or my blood pressure or my heart rate. When you're stressed, your heart rate's increased. Well, it takes energy to increase your heart rate, right? It's not in a vacuum. So what fuels that? Where are we getting the fuel to sustain high intense endurance exercises or high intense mental stress? Where are we getting the fuel to feed these processes in our body that take, you know, that take a toll? Like to create hormones of stress, we have to make them. And how are we making them? And what are we using to make them? So urine pH testing, without a doubt, has so much validity and science behind it, plus clinical experience to show that it does it does make a difference and it does help discover you know what works for you and what doesn't let me give you another example in clinically so i have a client who is in my online magic menopause program and she was really struggling with getting alkaline. Like she'd get there and then she'd be out of it for days. She's like, I don't get it. I don't know what's happening. And she said, you know, then I just went out Friday night, went out with my girlfriends, had a couple glasses of wine, just laughed and partied all night. Just we had a really nice time. And then I woke up in the morning and it was the first time I woke up alkaline. Well, there's the power of oxytocin, a truly alkalinizing hormone that increases your body's, you know, that just improves your body's balance and immune system and certainly wins out over cortisol, right? So just by experiencing some pleasure and fun, she increased her urine alkalinity and she goes like, you know what I've been missing? I haven't been having fun. I've been so dogmatic, so rule following, so towing the line. I just wasn't having fun, even though I was eating and doing everything right. How cool, right? The context is everything. I think even like a similar version of that in the Prowl database for alcohol, for example, I think like wine is actually slightly alkaline compared to, or like depending on what type of wine it is compared to some other alcohols. And so it's like oh, there must be some, you know, other factor, I guess, in the wine that's creating that. Oh my gosh. I need to find out what wine there are and I'll make a keto green wine list, like low sugar, highly alkaline wine. That's what I want. I'm going off memory. I'm pretty sure that red wine was more alkaline and white wines were more acidic. 
I will pull it up. And in any case, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. One of my favorite, you know how like sometimes you have these these papers or resources that you reference like all the time. There's this one magical prowl study in Google Scholar and like one of the journals and it has this fantastic chart of like all the foods. And I just like when I'm bored, I like read it for fun. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I, you will love in Keto Green 16, I put a chart that goes through highly alkaline, low acidic to highly acidic, lowest alkaline foods. So you can really see, especially from the keto green perspective, like circle your hot, your favorite foods in the you know highly alkaline, low acidity. And then as well, some of your keto foods, those are the highly, uh, you know, the highly acidic, but maybe highly alkaline or, you know, better. They're usually there's no high alkaline, high acidic food, but highly alkaline to low to moderate uh, acidity. And and look at those those foods and kind of highlight the ones that are your favorites and just like do more of them. And I think that's really fun. So I, I had a fun time with Keto Green 16 and actually created a bunch of bonus material that you get when you buy the book at the bonus page to just kind of to help accelerate. Like I did a Keto Green roadmap and a quick start guide and and just some good visuals because I'm such a visual learner and in, you know in books they don't let you put all your visuals in so I wanted to I wanted to get those too but one of those is the food roadmap for keto green 16 you'll love that I'll make sure you get that oh yay I'm so excited yeah it's like this is something I would have made <laughs> it was fantastic because I'm always haunted though sometimes it's confusing so things like eggs for example when I've researched them it'll say that like the whites are actually alkaline but the yolks are acidic. And then I'm always looking at like the different types of proteins and the spectrum of acidity. And I always just wonder like, what is the cause there or the reasoning there? I can see why like more processed foods would be more acidic, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm fascinated by it. I am too. And it's like the body burden of certain foods, right? And it's how I kind of look at it, you know, especially like red meats, you know, highly acidic, the body burden, but they can be very highly nutritious depending on what they were fed. So they could be highly poisonous, right? Depending on what they were fed. So it's not even that. It's all, they're not all created equal. So a farmed cow that's been given antibiotics and hormones and grain that is contaminated with zarelin or fungi, eating that, if they ate that, we're eating and they receive that, we're then eating it and ingesting it. And that's toxic to our system versus a, you know, here we're in the Southeast and my family love venison. And so they will get a buck a year for the family. And so like that's, you know, wild caught, free range, no hormones, no antibiotics, living in their environment. And that can be really, you know, that can be really, that's a totally different meat. And the same with our grass-fed free range bison or beef or cows or it, it makes a big difference. And we need to really think about that when we're thinking about what we're putting in our mouth. And you said it earlier, like the concept of discerning what is, you know, good for our bodies, really figuring that out, like this, like being really intentional about what we're doing and why we're doing it and listening to our body when it's speaking back to us, either in joyful, amazing energy and happiness or you know, anxiety, depression, fear, aches and pains. Now I've been there and I know it's not an easy, it's certainly not an easy place to be, but with discipline and practice, we can totally shift to 
to our dream life, a dreamful, passionate life. And I think I feel really called to say that and, and give a little bit of my story too. Like I remember at one point, certainly after the loss of my son, I mean, waking up in the morning and crying before I even opened my eyes because number one, I didn't want to be alive and I didn't know how I was going to face the day. And when I put my feet on the floor, because I had to, I had aches and pains from the bottom of my feet through every joint and muscle in my body. And I think about that now because that's so far from where I am now. And I just want to encourage everyone who's listening that our body has tremendous healing capability. And it just starts with taking one next right step. I know we've talked about a lot, but just one next right step that will start you off in the right direction. So no matter what you're dealing with, what diagnosis you've been given, if it's if you've had a diagnosis of breast cancer or someone you love has, I mean, that can so hurt your heart. And certainly when my son died, I mean, I had heartache. I mean, my heart physically hurt. Well, it turns out there are oxytocin receptors in the heart and our heart produces oxytocin. So that love, those molecules of love and connection and bonding, you know, we grieve and somehow that affects us physically as well as mentally and spiritually. So uh, just a, a voice of hope and a call out to everyone who's listening that there is, you know, just one next right step that will bring you closer to the life that you had once even, if you're not dreaming about that ideal life right now that you had once dreamed about as a child and just start walking in that direction. Thank you so much for sharing that, Anna. That was so beautiful and it resonates with me, with so many listeners, I'm sure so much. And what I love is that it, I love how you tie it all into the ultimate importance of this mindset and the potential for change and how that does tie into the biological, quote, scientific aspect of it as well. I was just thinking, I don't know if it's true. I've heard that like tears are one of the only ways our body excretes cortisol physically through tears. That is so cool. I think for sure it's definitely one of the ways. And, it, um, you know, that catharsis that you get with crying, how therapeutic that is. Yeah. And then something else I had read, which actually until our conversation right now, I was a little bit skeptical of, but now it completely makes sense, was I had read that serotonin and dopamine were alkalinizing neurotransmitters. And I was like, how can that be? But now that we're talking, I mean, that completely makes sense, the effect that it would have on the body. Well, it's fascinating because you think of the things that build us up, right? And serotonin relates to the hormone estrogen and GABA neurotransmitter relates to the hormone progesterone and dopamine relates to the hormone testosterone. So these are all building, nourishing hormones of fertility and reproduction. So in that way too, that makes sense because when we're stressed, we're more infertile, right? But our body under physical or mental stress, we're less likely to get pregnant. And so, yeah, kind of makes sense. Listeners, I have so many more questions I want to ask Anna, but the good thing is 
we're interviewing you again very soon on the intermittent fasting podcast. So I'm just thinking, I'm like, okay, well, I can actually ask all these questions when we talk then. I have a lot of questions about fasting and fat burning and stuff like that that you discuss in your book and how they relate to hormones. So very excited that we have that one booked. Before we go, is there anything that you would like to touch on specifically that you'd like to showcase topic-wise that you feel is really important for listeners to hear? There are so many things. And I know like, especially related to fasting and intermittent fasting and also the hormones of metabolism, we definitely got to hit on those topics in the intermittent fasting podcast. I'm looking forward to that with you guys too. I'm taking notes. I'm like for IF podcast. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think for, for this is, is that, you know, there, there's the many components that we have to recognize, like there's no magic pill product potion that is the answer. You know, it's, it's a little bit of everything. It's a little bit here, a little bit there. And I think for me, one of the practices that I've done is this discernment practice. And I think I just want to touch on this because it helps us understand the concept of what's working for me and what's not working for me. And so this is the practice of discernment. And there's a St. Ignatius is one of my favorite like philosophical reads that I've done following St. Ignatian physiology. He talks about discernment, the spirits of consolation, desolation. So in other words, like for if I'm doing something, am I doing it based on straight up and down, put your finger straight up and down, like point your finger to the sky. And that's like neutral. And, you know, one direction, it's towards love. And the other direction, 180 degrees from that one, that's towards fear. Or you could say health versus unhealthy. You know, for Ava Marie, I would ask her after her school lunch, did you have food or not food? <laughs> Think about it that way, right? That corn dog was not food, Ava Marie, you know? So, so is it like kind of that discernment? Am I, you know, doing this action or thinking in this direction because of fear or out of love? And for me, and that's the same thing with health, you know, when I eat something, does it leave me feeling great or does it bring me down really low? You know, when I do something, like I was, you know, this is one of those things, for instance, when I go to the gym, like when I, you know, thinking about going to the gym as I'm getting out of bed at six o'clock in the morning, you know, like, do I want to go? No, never. But am I always glad I went? Yes. So <laughs> there's a dial for that one too. So what leaves you feeling good for the long run? And I think that's the discipline and practice that really helped me fine tune the and understand once I fine tuned it, understanding the science behind what practices worked well for me. I love that so much. I'm going to start using that in my daily life. Like that's so amazing. I, I mean, the similar that I've been doing to it prior was understanding that you could not be in a state of both gratitude and fear at the same time. So whenever I find myself in a state of fear to think of something I was grateful for as a way to like, you know, shut that off. I love that though, the, you know, is this action I'm about to take, what is that coming from? What do you say to listeners who, because I think that the complication can come in, you know, because you're talking about like, you know, eating a certain food, is this food going to be healthy for me or is it, is it not food? What about for listeners who are struggling with finding the foods that work for them, especially because your book, it's a ketogenic approach with the, you know, the utter importance of alkalinity and minerals and greens. So it's an amazing plan. 
What about for people who maybe keto didn't work in the past or they're hesitant about it or they're they're nervous about macros, even if they feel like, oh, these are real whole foods, I think people sometimes they don't know if it's going to work for their body or not. So what would you say to them? Like with your plan, for example, you know, it's 16 days, which is something that I love. You have a, a section in the book about why, you know, the massive amount of change. Would you encourage anybody, regardless of any hesitations they might have to, you know, try this approach? Yeah, definitely try it. It's honestly worked in every client that I've put through the program. And I also have, you know, certainly Keto Green 16 is an omnivore program. I also created vegan vegetarian substitution. So we have actually have a 16-day vegan program in Keto Green 16 as well. So it's really good in that way, but it helps us discover. So one thing is with that urine, like as I go through urine pH testing and what could keep you from getting alkaline, such as food sensitivities. So if there is something you're eating, and or like say you've been following ketogreen 16 and you're completely alkaline in ketosis and then you go have some ice cream and you're completely acidic the next day maybe you have a dairy sensitivity for me i can if there was trace dairy in anything that i ate like that somehow was woven into a, a meal say for example a pesto sauce is often where i get fouled up because with Parmesan cheese, so my body will be acidic and inflamed the next day. And it's very interesting to see that. So it helps you detect sometimes these food sensitivities. So I created Keto Green 16 as a very low inflammatory, highly alkaline and, you know, healthy fats and healthy proteins food plan with foods that also help with hormone regulation and hormonal balance. So you should definitely see a a difference and it's easy to follow plus tasty created the menu plans. And, and also the second thing I want to say is like, here's for a quick glimpse at what the, this looks like for you listening my keto calculator. So Melanie at dranna.com forward slash keto calc and you have the link in your show notes, the keto calculator. This I want you to do. So you got to do this too, Melanie. Do the keto macros based on your activity level, whether you want to gain weight or lose weight or stay the same, and also based on your BMI. And so it's a very healthy look of a keto green day for you. So you can see specifically based on your own body composition for the most part, what a keto green day looks for you with recipes for the day, as well as your your ideal macros. And then you just play with it from there. Again, discerning what works best for you. I love it so much. So for listeners, I will put links to all of this in the show notes. And again, the show notes will be at melanieavalon.com slash keto green. Oh, it's fantastic. Such a wonderful resource. And also, thank you so much, Dr. Kaveka. She does have an amazing offer for our listeners. So you can use the code Melanie Avalon on her website, and that will get you 10% off the various products there, which you have amazing hormonal support, other supplements. I mean, it's really, truly a wonder. I've had a lot of my family stuck on them now, so (laughs) it's great. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. And so I can't let you go without asking you, and I've asked you this before, but it is the last question that I ask every single guest on this podcast and super appropriate. You'll probably understand it the most (laughs) or some of the most of all the guests I've had. And that's the importance of gratitude and mindset. So what is something that you're grateful for? 
Really, today, I'm so grateful for my daughter, Amanda, who had had some traumatic, had had seven concussions, actually, in her young life at 23. And she's just back from a weekend in Portland doing some functional neurology and has just totally changed her, her life, her brain. And she feels at home in her body again, because you know, so it's really, like, I'm really grateful for her. And she's actually out picking up my youngest daughter right now so I can have this amazing time with you. Oh, wow. That is, that is so fantastic. That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Anna. This has been absolutely amazing. Third interview I've had with you. I'm super excited for our, our future conversation pretty soon around the corner um, where we can dive in deeper into more things, but listeners definitely get Keto Green 16. They're such an amazing, wonderful resource. All of Anna's work, I cannot recommend it enough. So just thank you so much for what you're doing for our world. Thank you. I love talking with you. Thank you so much. Talk to you next time. 